The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Dr. Brian Higgins from Galway Primary Care is with us for our weekly Last Word in Health. And Brian, we want to discuss health checks for women by age. Now, what is a health check and why do you believe that they're important to have regularly? I think every time someone comes to a GP, they generally get some form of health check. We'll often call it uh, opportunistic examinations or opportunistic screenings. So every time that someone comes, be it for a cough um, or a sore throat, we'll often ask them to sit on the, to hop up on the scales and we'll check their BMI and maybe their blood pressure. Um, or we might do opportunistic um uh, STI screening for people where it's appropriate. So a health check is effectively any time that someone comes in and we're doing an assessment to see if there's interventions that can be made or advice that can be made to improve someone's overall health. And as you can imagine, the interventions and the advice that we give tend to change over time as the diseases and illnesses and problems that we see change over time. Yeah, so let's start with adolescence. So if you have a young girl, what age do adolescents start, 12, 13? Yeah, we'll stay 12 and 13. Genuinely, what we want to do is really build a a platform for health that someone moves forward. A lot of the time what we do see, unfortunately, with young women is that decisions that they'll make as adolescents uh, being that deciding to stop doing physical exercise and we do see a big drop off unfortunately in young women playing sport um, around the mid-teen years or we might see people having some dietary restriction they might decide to become vegetarian and not take appropriate nutrient supplementation or they might avoid dairy and those decisions might lead to osteoporosis later in life so what we're trying to do is do assessments in these young women to really ensure that the the lifestyle decisions that they're making are being supported so there's no negative long-term effects on their health. We also know So I see that. you've got four particular things you do in yeah. an annual review at adolescence and they yes. are. So BMI, height, weight, BMI. Uh, and that's just to kind of gently guide someone. We know with weight interventions, the earlier you intervene with weight, the easier they are to manage. We'll ask about menstrual health. Uh, Young women, when they start having periods, they can be really irregular and really, really heavy and really affect their quality of life. And unfortunately, a lot of women just will not be comfortable bringing those up to a GP. And often, especially if they're seeing kind of a hairy male GP like myself, they may not bring it up. So we often have to be the ones to ask. And generally, when we open the door, people are quite glad to talk about it. They've been waiting to talk about it and not sure how to bring it up. Um, HPV vaccination um, is just this incredible um, initiative by the HSE and we'll ho- and it's going to hugely reduce the amount of cervical cancer in the future. So we're very, very proactive about getting women to get their HPV vaccines. And then we're going to do some education on lifestyle, like exercise that I've mentioned earlier, and also safe sex. Then when you move to adulthood, for young adult women, in their annual review, and I think you believe it should be annual, what are the four key things you look for then? Yeah, I would think an annual review is very very reasonable uh, when someone's a young adult, so from 18 to mid-30s, should we say. Um, 
an annual review. We might, we'll do it as is appropriate. If somebody has a family history of thyroid disease, we're going to be checking their thyroid hormone very regularly. We'll do blood pressure checks, especially for women who are on oral contraceptives. We'll have discussion around the most appropriate contraceptives for someone who is an oral or a long-acting contraceptive. And it's fantastic now that women can access these contraceptive services free of charge from their GPs. We might introduce breast health education and regular breast checks for the patient to do themselves because it is so important for women just to get to know um, the topography or the, the, the lumps and bumps that we all have in our chests to get familiar with them. So if they change, they can be identified very, very early. And sadly, we do see patients get, uh, developing breast cancer um, in their 20s and 30s in, in, in some circumstances. And that's long before the breast check screening happens. It's more common in elderly more women who are a little bit older, but you want to get those breast checks started in your in your early 20s. Then we might do some pre-pregnancy counselling um, to see if somebody's got an adequate health um, and dietary supplements like folic acid if they're considering pregnancy. And we'll try to identify things like anemia and thyroid issues in women and address those before pregnancy so as they, they don't complement uh, the complication any pregnancy. And of course, for anyone who's sexually active, we'd always advise uh, regular STI checks. Then when you get to middle age, and what would you categorise as middle age for women? Well, I am definitely not going to answer that on the national airwaves. Um, Which is why I, I was not <laughs> suggesting a number either to you. Um, again, it, it depends. Like, genuinely, it depends. Um, it, do, it does depend. Like, I'll see people coming in here when they're they're in their mid to late 40s and they're in incredible shape. They're, in, they're much fitter than, than, than people I often see in their 20s. Um, you might see someone who's maybe in their late 20s who's a heavy smoker, has a very sedentary lifestyle and has a strong family history of, of heart disease. When I, when I, what I say by middle age is it's generally that period that we notice. Like I'm 37, I'd consider myself middle aged at this point because I definitely know that I'm, I'm getting injured a little bit easier. My energy levels are dropping. It's a little bit easier for me to put on weight. And I think when you reach that point in your life, um, that's what I'm talking about. And at that point, what we're trying to do is we're really trying to optimize somebody's cardiovascular health. We're keeping an eye on their cholesterol levels. We're keeping an eye on their blood pressure so that we can mitigate those and manage those to really improve quality of life moving forward. Um, for the regarding breast cancer, we're going to make sure that or we're going to advise um, women once the age of 50 that they get enrolled in the Breast Check National Screening Program where they'll get their mammograms every um um, two years and then I didn't mention it but for young adults as well we wanted to chat about our cervical screening program that starts at 24 um, up to 65 and that does continue well into middle age and as patients um, are turn uh, I think it's 59 uh, they get entered in the colorectal cancer screening and of course, we're constantly looking for this chronic disease management of patients to identify hypertension, diabetes and risk factors for stroke so that we can modify and manage those. Now, when we get to what might call later life, what changes do you make in the annual reviews? Again, we're, prob we're going to see people a little bit more frequently and hopefully... Um, if people have made these lifestyle adjustments is going through, because that's the nice thing about 
being a general practitioner, we get old with our patients and we definitely see um, patients who are uh, engaging in those lifestyle changes. They're staying fit, they're staying healthy. Um, somebody told me years ago, you should exercise like your life depends on it because it does. Um, and it does really make a difference for people when they do engage at exercise, how much healthier it keeps them as they approach later life. But really lifestyle interventions, be that reducing alcohol, starting exercise, smoking cessation can have enormous health benefits no matter when you start them. But to answer your question more specifically, we might start to see people once or twice a year based on their level of health. For patients who are a little bit frailer at higher risk of falls, we might see them a little bit more often. Really social factors. There's many elderly people out there who can be incredibly socially isolated and very, very lonely. So we're trying to make sure that we have we're assisting in some social inclusion. And then, but unfortunately, uh, osteoporosis is an often invisible issue with these patients. We know that one in five women um, over the age of 50 are affected by osteoporosis, which means it's a, a brittle bone disorder where um, a, a simple fall can result in a fracture, a fracture which can have huge effects on somebody's quality of life. And we're trying to identify this issue in people with a, by encouraging bone densitometry or DEXA scans. Yeah, at what age should people start getting DEXA scans? And they are expensive, aren't they? Uh, they are. Thankfully, the GP, uh, during one of the very good things that came out of COVID was the uh, GP access to radiology program, which allowed GPs to refer patients for many imaging services like x-rays, DEXRAs, MRIs and CTs. Um, and GPs can now refer people to local centres for DEXAs. Uh, we'd always say any um, really women over the age of 65 and men over the age of 70 should all have a DEXA. But if people who are at higher risk patients and often illnesses that you would think like celiac disease, a family history of osteoporosis, they should get DEXA scans younger. So if you're worried about your bone density, chat to your GP. Very quickly, Brian. I know people will be thinking, well, there's a lot of costs in going to the doctor, but just give us the names of the important national screening programmes that are available for free. Yeah. Um, so the most important ones are uh, the, the for women's health are the cervical check, and that starts at 24, breast check, which starts at 50, and the bowel cancer screening programme, and that starts at 59. Um, there is There has been an extension of the doctor visit card, can still be quite hard to access GPs, but for patients who are financially struggling to see their doctor, they should all apply for a doctor visit card. They won't get the full medical card where they might get medication and physio and all those other services, but at least they'll get GP access for free. And all patients over 70 are entitled to a free doctor visit card as well. Um, I would say the seeing a doctor um, is might cost anywhere from 60 to 80 euro, depending on what part of the country you are in. But that investment in your health, even if it's just once a year, once every two years, if that's all you can afford, identifying those issues early will mean that you you have less six days at work. You're much lower risk of injury. You're not going to end up with a fragility fracture and be out of work for a number of weeks. So it, 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 is, it can be expensive for many people and that's understandable, but it is an important investment. Dr. Brian Higgins, as ever, thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, F-